This podcast is sponsored by Harry's. Go to harrys.com right now and enter the code BALDMOVE at checkout to claim your free trial set and post-shave balm. We're on easy street And it feels so sweet Cause the world is but a treat Welcome to The Watching Dead, the officially unofficial podcast for The Walking Dead on AMC. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And today we're talking about Season 7, Episode 3, titled The Cell. Uh, I think this the name is pretty self-explanatory. I don't think I, we need to delve too much into why it's called The Cell. It's all about the uh, exploding LiPo batteries in the uh, Samsung Galaxy line of phones. Specifically in Jennifer and Lopez's... That- <laughs> That's what they do. They 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 uh, put put Daryl in there, uh, and they slid in two galaxies in each each rear pocket of his sweatpants, and uh, you know uh, you can just uh, take your chances, roll the dice, Daryl. Every day standing here is a day you might be waking up with a grenade in your pants. <laughs> it's the uh, psychological trauma of being stuck in the lipo cell. Yeah, it's it's rough. <laughs> uh. I, I don't. What do you think of this episode? I I've I've been on Easy Street the past twenty four hours. Like literally, it's stuck in my head just in repeat. Yeah. yeah, same here. Um, I thought this episode on first blush was kind of plotting, and I felt like it was poorly paced. And then watching it again for my notes and stuff just reinforced that. Like, mm-hmm. oh boy. Um, remember when I talked about my worst case scenario is they drag. Like I was hoping they would. Um, get to certain milestones and storytelling at the half season, I feel like I was silly and that they're certainly going to drag this out. Right. And they're going to make this plot line last twice as long as it needs to be. And uh, essentially, I, I think there was about five to ten minutes of information that we needed to learn in this episode that was just banged home repetitively for the appearance of style. What did you think, Jim? Uh... I'm going to give them a little more credit than that. I think they're, you know, they have to, they're trying to do a couple of things here. They're trying to establish Dwight's relationship with both Daryl and whatever the colony is called here that he's in with Negan. And they're trying to break Daryl. And both of those things, well, one of those things is difficult to do. One of those things is pretty easy. And I feel like maybe they... Maybe they overplayed the easy one, which is Dwight's relationship with the compound. It seems like mm-hmm. they just time and time again were like, okay, Dwight is not really cool with everything that's happening here, right. but he's going along with it. Right. And they hit that note four or five times during this episode yeah. to really just impress it upon you. Uh, and then if you didn't get it, Negan came out and laid it all out for you. Right. Just in case you're really fucking slow. So heavy-handed. But <laughs> then there's the other thing, which is difficult to do, and that is break Daryl. Right. And I think... That's kind of more where this episode shined. Um, I, and I, I don't want to say it was a great episode. I think it's the weakest of the three so yeah. far, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't I didn't dislike it, honestly. I well, enjoyed the, it. The other thing is I wonder, like, if this was just the B-plot of several episodes where we're checking at the Kingdom and at right. Alexandria, it wouldn't have been so bad. Like, I know people hate it when we do this, but it's instructive because, you know, Game of Thrones and Walking Dead are in our top three shows as far as popularity and traffic on just from a sheer ratings there, you know, a walking dead, slightly more ratings. Game of Thrones might have slightly more critical cachet, but they're also the biggest shows on the planet. Yeah. 
I think if you go back a couple seasons to, to, to the Game of Thrones, there's a very similar plot line where one character, evil character, is trying to break another less, slightly less evil character. Uh, and, and, and they spread that out over several episodes. And even then, people were like, wow, they're really belaboring this point. Yeah. I don't know what I'm supposed to be getting out of this. If they rolled all of those scenes and just did one unrelenting hour, mm-hmm. I think people would be like, what the fuck is this shit? Um, Walking Dead, for whatever reason, seems like it wants to silo this shit up. And boy, a plot line like this week, it did not do anyone any favors because getting a progressive reveal of like Dwight's feelings about Negan and his ex-wife over three or four episodes when it's the subplot that you're just constantly checking into mm-hmm. might have been interesting. Like you need to you need to start these things off as B plots and graduate them to A plots if right. you if they warrant it. But certainly. Like, like the critical moments you bring them into the plot line, but Daryl being right. broke is something that's gonna take several because here's the thing, you spend all episode breaking Daryl, you didn't do it. Right, right. You you, yeah. you end and and there's been no real momentum in any way except for maybe Dwight feels slightly shittier about being a Neganite. So right. Right. forty minutes of dramatic arc and and they're, they're out of dog food and they're <laughs> right. That's the pretty sh- much it. Right, the shit sandwich is going to be literally shit sandwiches going forward. I, yep. That and that I think that's the big indictment is like wow, forty plus minutes of this easy street stuff, and at the end of the day, Daryl still is Daryl Dixon. Yeah. Yeah, and I I guess that doesn't really add anything necessarily to the character of Daryl Dixon, right? We know he's stubborn. We know he's unflinching. We know he's not scared easily. In lieu of all the things we know about Negan and his relationship and of power and the and the pressure points he can put on a person, I think it actually makes Daryl look very foolhardy. Oh, like I agree. Like uh, there's a couple scenes this week where I'm just like I can't fucking believe that Daryl is trying to do this. Like I understand like you not wanting the break and not wanting to kneel, but you are rolling the dice with Ale- everyone in Alexander's life. Right. That's that's a super important point that I don't know if the writers are even going to address. Like we right. I want to talk about this at the end of the recap, but like w- maybe this is all just the impetus for Negan doing something uh to Alexandria again could be and I, I don't know if he if he goes that way or if he just continues to try to break Daryl but right yeah I don't know I mean like I kind of thought like what had been interesting is if they wheeled in like uh I don't know some dude from like Aaron from Alexandria perfect example mm-hmm. uh someone who has a personal connection with um Daryl someone who's somewhat expendable and like Negan's like all right lop off his pinky mm-hmm. you either do that right now right here or I kill him you, your yeah. choice and now it's like now you fucking kneel or the next time i'm bringing someone in here and you're gonna have to kill him for you're gonna i'm gonna bring two you get to choose which one you're gonna kill that right. would have been like oh shit and god but this is like very tread felt very treadmilly and yeah i don't know if that's the next step but and, and again i don't we'll want to also start rewriting fucking you know walking dead that way lies madness but but uh, they have always had plotting issues um or sorry pacing issues yes. with this show and i feel like they're just continuing that trend and Maybe some people like it. Um, well, I'm not one of them. Definitely, I saw defenders on our forums and, and on on uh, Reddit. Mm-hmm. Where I people got one are de- email too. Where people are defending the singular focus, um, but I, I don't know. To me, I've seen it done both ways, and and again, I think people are like, oh, well, if you do it that way, then you know you're kind of stuck. But I'm like, I think slavishly following either of those storytelling methods is dumb. 
Like, you should definitely interweave the plots as much as possible, but when it's time for one to shine, then... And it becomes kind of an event. Like, oh, shit, we're going to spend the whole episode here at Alexandria because stuff's going down. Or, oh, my God, this is the one where everything's coming to a head at Negan's compound. Yeah. And you lose that when it's just these bottle episode after bottle episode, which I know these aren't technically bottle episodes. Sure, sure. These standalone episodes. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, that's about all I have to say up front. Want to get into the recap? Hey, before we get to the recap, I want to talk uh, to our listeners about a few things. Um, got some bad news last week that Amazon has uh, dropped us as affiliates, which means we can no longer raise money by uh, using uh, directing people to use our affiliate link. Now, if you recall from my pitches, uh, that uh, made up about a third of our operating income. Uh, which is uh, if you lose a third of your income in any business, that's a problem. Now, we, uh, if you go to save.baldmove.com, you go to a landing page that kind of explains all this stuff. We also shot a video that is interesting because it takes you and looks at like Bald Moves financials historically, and we kind of do a deep dive into like our monthly expenses versus income and kind of outline all this for you. But the upshot is we're doing a fundraiser to try to stay in business as a temporary measure. Like we're hoping to raise enough money to uh, essentially get us through the shortfall of next year. And uh, then we can have some long-term solutions in place because we're looking into increasing our ad revenue and getting into merch to diversify our income. But in the short term, the here and now, we're also inclu- uh, increasing our club rates. Uh, if you've listened to us for a long time, you know that we have been uh, advocating the dollar a month model. And we've we've made that work as long as we possibly can, but we are at the limits of being able to offer uh, our club for that for that uh, inexpensively. Again, if you go to save.baldmove.com, you can see the ways that you can support Bald Move through this. Uh, I want to use the word crisis, but this tough time. But the fact is, if something doesn't change, if something doesn't give here, then uh, we're looking at the end of Bald Move and 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 closing our doors. So. Um, if this is something that would negatively impact your life, if you'd like to see us continue on as independent podcasters and, and giving you the content uh, for your favorite television shows, uh, please go to save.baldmove.com and see what you can uh, do to help us out. And we'd appreciate that in advance. So we get a big dose of Easy Street from the Collapsible Heart Club. Uh, did you see the interview that I think The Guardian did with the creator of the song where... I guess the Walking Dead out of nowhere asked to license it, and they're like, what the fuck do they want to use our song for? And uh-huh. then they see it, and it's like, well, of course, you're going to torture someone with it. Yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. That's uh, cool. But I also thought it worked like – there's a couple of things of this episode that I thought really worked, which is like showing Dwight's day. And how it's like so much better than we've seen for years and years. Like he's getting to watch reruns of Who's the Boss. He's playing drinking games with a fairly uninterested looking woman at, at, at uh, over air hockey. He's carving a chess set. He's making bomb ass sandwiches. But then you start to see the oppression and people getting beat down. And then him, you right. know, I think I think we're supposed to understand that number thirty nine was the dude that was stripping his shirt off and getting chesty uh-huh. over rations. And then they probably killed that guy. Put him up on the wall, and then Dwight's ransacking the family's bunk. Right. Um, and then everyone having to bow to Negan, and then the music just drops as 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 Dwight sits down to enjoy his not decidedly not shit sandwich, his deluxe BLT sandwich. The music drops out, and you see some sweatpants clad Neganites putting out fresh zombies on their wall, and 
there's this really impressive effect of the zombie continually falling down and getting up with this pipe sucked through it, like yeah. a Sisyphean task. And that's kind of what we're left with Dwight as we go into the credits. Um, oh, he also comes back and give, makes makes uh, Daryl a dog food sandwich. Right, which Daryl happily eats. Yeah. No problem, he's, he's man. He's stripped down naked. Uh, we find out Dwight's wearing Daryl's uh, angel wing vest now. Um, really, mm-hmm. really, really shitty situation for our hero to be in. Uh, but I, I thought this yeah. this intro was like pretty strong. I was pretty pumped when I when when I was watching it. It was okay stylistically. I I don't think I liked it. Um, what they were doing with these triple cuts, these these triple yeah yeah repeat no, shots that didn't that didn't feel right to me no. at all as someone who has done video editing in the past. Right, that the felt editor, like an intern ed- got a hold of this clip and. Yeah, somebody's like, well, uh, yeah, why? that is a curious choice. It's like they plus something that actually took something away. Like, you yeah, can do quite a bit I, of ad- addition by subtraction just by avoid. I think they were trying to make it even more sing-songy and like almost like a, like a Mentos. Nobody fresher yeah. than you kind of No, like, I get where they were trying to go. It, it just, just didn't yeah, work for uh-huh. me personally. Um, <laughs> but that, the you know, eating the greatest post-apocalyptic sandwich ever, I feel, is the thing that worked best in this. Because I, I actually don't. I don't know if they were actually in this scene trying to juxtapose the lifestyle that that he has versus the lifestyle Daryl has, because he's he's not seeing things that are all that great. I mean, sure he can carve some chess pieces and he can play a drinking game, but step out of line and you're the guy with no shirt, right? You're the, and you're out on the wall, like right. that becomes very obvious. So I don't, well, I don't know th- that I feel. I, I think that's what you're supposed to like. You know, again, you're supposed to think, oh, well, you know, life at Negan's compound's not that bad, and you keep pulling out and seeing, you know, the horror, like his his lifestyle is being subsidized by a lot of human misery. Yeah, I suppose so. And even himself, he's having to swallow his own shit sandwiches. Uh, yeah. And it just, just keeps getting worse. You, like, you find out he gets worse and worse of a deal. And that's the other, th- I think, problem with the storyline is, like, hitting all this stuff up at once. Like, mm-hmm. there's like there's progressive revelations that we get about Dwight's character in the comics, but it's not all at once. And it's like, at the end of the episode, I'm left wondering, like, why the fuck are you li- following this guy? Like, mm-hmm. really? Death is worse than... Giving your wife up to some fucking madman? I guess so. That's that just ironed your face too. I guess so. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. I, don't I know. mean, death's pretty bad. It is have it's it has pretty final f- finality to it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I. So, what did you make of this this sort of gauntlet thing outside of this outside of the fence? Because at first watch, I had no idea what I they didn't were doing. Either. I think that I what, they were playing some kind of forced game, like right. gladiatorial type thing, right? And they had everybody ranked. I still don't know what the rankings are either, because it wasn't. I thought it was like maybe A through F, but I saw a guy running around with an S out there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it seems like these are. They're named these after the guys... home row of a keyboard, ASDF. Uh... <laughs> right. <laughs> these must be guys who are working for points right or maybe they're in a points deficit and that's how you get yeah like because because it seems like their job is to the negan is his walled compound has a very uh you know clear era morgan aesthetic yeah you've got lots of jaws and bites and nails that Mm -hmm. are between you and the people that want to get to you Makes and a lot of sense. Yeah. Putting fresh meat out there is a dangerous task, so you get some sweatpants, um, you know, clad goons to go out there and do it. And it seems like they put a bucket on a zombie's head, yeah, lash him through the fence, and unleash the bucket and try to get out of there without getting bit or scratched. 
seems like a decent plan. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't know what their status is because they're in the same outfit that Daryl is in, just with different letters. Right, but they're not making Daryl do any of this stuff. Right, and I don't know that they even could, honestly. Right, like, and how many people are getting the easy street t- treatment at any one time? Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's interesting, and I and like, can you bypass that? Like, if Negan comes in, like, fuck yeah, I've been waiting for an asshole like you to take over, and I want to sign up for your newsletter and do all that stuff. Like, does Negan let you? Or do you? Is there a mandatory period of time where you got to be on Easy Street? Besides so Negan, I'd, I'd worry about the false, the false yeah. uh, conversion. Mm-hmm. Like to this point, like when Daryl finally converts, if he finally converts, because he's not, you know, I. I he's not a comic book character how the hell would i know right uh what does that look like and if you're negan how do you trust him i i would never trust him right but maybe negan i do wonder about that because i have some other notes in my uh other other things in my notes here about like specifically that um whether like he he just has overconfidence in the amount of fear he's instilled in people or right. the, the system he's set up, right. uh, whether he's totally oblivious. Um, is he just maybe biding his time on... Because Dwight is in this exact situation, right, where he yeah. is a proclaimed loyalist, but it seems like he's not totally cool, as he says. Right, and I'm really craving a scene where maybe Negan can tell us, like, uh, yeah, I understand what a house of cards this is, but here's my plan, and here's the psychology, and here's how I keep right. these. like because you see, like a lot of these, the, the the there's a talent to being a ruthless dictator. You got to have like this this class of insanely loyal people that you treat like gold and have these huge advantages, and the the that the, that they could lose by betraying you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you just first of all you're ruthless. So if anyone steps out of the line, you find out they're going to be dead and they're going to die screaming. But secondly, it's such you know it's 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 such a easy street to be on that don't just don't fucking rock the boat. And like I want to see like Negan kind of explain or articulate that he's got the awareness and he's actually very smart because um, we got a little bit of that with him dealing with Rick. But in his own people, I think that took a little bit of a backseat for me anyway. Yeah, I always just wonder, like, what the scenario is. It, it feels, it it reminds me of like Klingon Maybe we can have culture. A tribe called Quest in here to explain it all. <laughs> it, <laughs> but it reminds me of like Klingon culture in Star yeah, Trek, sure. where like you're kind of encouraged to kill the person above you. Like, and, and it looks awesome for five minutes at a time. But you think about like, what does the Klingon Olive Garden look like? <laughs> you know. <laughs> Well, the endless pasta bowls just keep everybody <laughs> it's docile. Just, it's just kapla, you know. It's, it's, yeah. it's this isn't moving. It should be alive. And he turns, <laughs> flips the table, and the batflex come out of the. But but like the dishwasher grabs a dagger and stabbing the customers. It's just that's all, not going to. All it takes is one guy to just say, sure. you know, I'm going to get close to Negan. I'm going to kill him. And then, what is the incentive of everyone else to kill that person? Like. Well, that's they're the not thing. actually loyal. They don't love Negan. They just are cowed by Negan. If Negan dies, I think that is a bit, very real possibility because if in you know the way the old stuff worked is you'd have like divine right to rule and that family right. you'd have to wipe out the whole family and um, or you know with without absence of that you just have this cult of personality and it'll last right. as long as that. And there's also very little cult in the personality. 
Like, this would be more explainable if there was a religious thing that he was doing. Like, if he's like a David Koresh type or Maybe a these guys are just entertained Manson type. by, like, his pee pants routine. Maybe they just, they love it. And they he, they get to eat really awesome sandwiches and get free passes to the pussy buffet. And that's true. Whatever. Like, I mean, again, that's the thing. Like, it's, it's there's a formula for holding power as a despot. And I think yeah. that, that Negan's doing it. I just wish we saw evidence that he was more self-aware and, like, how did he set that up? And well, there's a yeah, there's a scene in here where he he goes to him to Dwight and is like talking about the pussy buffet, right? And it seems like he's on to Dwight a little like, bit, but then later on it he's seems not. like he's not. Yeah. So I don't know if that's him just putting that on the back burner and biding his time on the whole situation. And, and also, the, I didn't or like, bad writing. Honestly, I didn't like the the blue shirt dude, the code orange, who says, "What this guy comes along with a baseball bat and a smile," and we like. This was a pre-establishing culture or civilization, and Negan just waltzed it. Like that's not how I saw the evolution of this society mm-hmm. at all. Like I think, like right. I, I think we talked about that in the last week's podcast. Like yeah. you know, essentially that Negan found a whole bunch of Joes and the claimers, and like one by one, systematically with luck and guile, attracted a you know a group that's 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 strong enough that there was no individual group that could stand against him, and then he kind of took power by default. This is almost like. You know, he waltzed into the compound with his baseball bat, and I guess, I guess Rick did that with Alexandria. So yeah. maybe that's a good, like a, a slightly, because uh, Rick could have done the Negan routine. He just had enough humanity within him not to. Yeah. But I don't know. I it's like I, I kind of want to hear more about how Negan took over. We might get that. We might get three episodes of it. <laughs> maybe I might so. get too much of a good thing. Um, okay, so we wake up again to Easy Street. Daryl's looking really bad. He gets more dog food sandwiches. He's issued a sweats with the letter A. Uh, the letter A is very important to this show. It started with the train cars. And they then continued that thing going with Alexandria and uh, who was a little kid that Carol's always going to tie to the, the, the I don't know Cookie the Boy tree screaming Cookie Boy. He was stamping people with A's. Now Daryl's got an A. Mm-hmm. What does it all mean? I wish I knew. I, I it's a yellow know. A, not a red A this time. Right. Very bad readability. Is it an orange A? Is that you don't, you don't print yellow print on a light background. That's just design 101, <laughs> Egan. Like a red A would have been fine. A green A would have been fine. A black A, of course. Yeah. Like what the fuck is this yellow A on gr- light gray sweatpants? A lot of people are, are – so this doesn't line up to me with uh, Cookie Boy's – printing of a stamping of a on rick but like a lot of people say it represents captivity or or something like that which in the two cases of like terminus and here sure but what about cookie boy right that was an include almost like a you're part of the well i mean it was explicitly right. said you're part of the group yeah so i don't know i don't know uh we meet dr carson who is going to be looking after Daryl's gunshot wound. Uh, he's also currently seeing Dwight's girlfriend, or I guess ex-wife, uh, Sherry. And yeah. she reveals that her test is negative. And he's like, well, maybe next time. Uh, then she tries to, she recognizes Daryl and tries to talk to him, and she he shuts that shit down. The doctor says, your, your wound will get better, and Negan will take care of you. Trust me. One out of one, post-apocalyptic doctors agree. Negan is a vital part of your healthcare routine. Uh, but what what is the what is the negative test? I assume pregnancy. Yeah, could be STD. Pretty sure it's pregnancy. I don't think he'd be like, "Hey, better luck next if, time." If Negan doesn't have herpes. Yeah, 
He says, like, I, I, I would bet a lot of money that he does. But, yeah. And also, Dwight wouldn't be like, oh, well, maybe next time. I don't know the – I mean, yeah, Jesus. Like, he's really bought into this whole cult of personality. If you're like, oh, mm-hmm. maybe the boss will knock you up next time. Yeah, I don't know. And they're staring at each I other. Uh, I forget who uh, – there's a writer on Vox that said they stared at each other in these scenes like, like two candy bars who can't eat each other or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's uh, about right. But I, I think they're, you know, him saying maybe next time is kind of not not a jab at her, but like a jab at their their situation, right? Mm. Like neither of them want to be in this situation. It's like a passive aggressive jab at the whole thing. Yeah, and maybe her. Maybe he would rather die, and she's the one to stop. I mean, there's there is some interesting relational depths to mind to this, and we haven't quite gotten the full picture yet. Right. But but it's we're we're getting glimpses. Uh, Daryl's then taken to a room, which I first thought was Negan's room, but it seems like it's the room that Daryl will inherit should he just fucking kneel and say that he's yeah. Negan. Two thermoses, two thermoses. Two thermos? I bet they're the Yeti jobs too. I How would kneel thermoses? for two Yeti thermoses. I mean, is that it? Yeti? Is that the thing? Yeti? 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 I don't know. Is that the, the like the like thirty dollars stainless steel vacuum? Blah blah blah. Mm, there's, there's, sure. there's like a particular thermos that everybody's fucking going crazy about. The coolest. It's not That's the coolest. The <laughs> it's not the coolest. That's the cooler. Yeah. Um. Uh, then he shows Daryl the other job he can have, which is uh, either being the guy who sta- who stocks up the fence for the walkers, or being the walker that's stocked up on the fence, or being him. I don't think the writers are as slick as they think they are with right. their dialogue. They're like. Uh, be like them, you can be like them, or me, or me, or them, or that. Yeah, yeah, come on. Yeah, I thought I thought the same thing. It's it's right back to the we're not them. Uh-huh. They they ain't us. They ain't us. Uh, I wish Daryl had done a little bit of that. <laughs> here's not here. Like they always you do. Ain't me. They try and get these like quippy turns of phrase, and they never work. Some yeah. So I mean, sometimes they're fighting with both hands side behind her back, where you got mother dick and. <laughs> You know, those work the best. And that's for me. what I'm like, saying. Like they kind of work in a in a, in a in a round the back kind of fashion. But yeah, this wasn't uh, wasn't the crispiest of dialogue. Yeah. Uh, so Daryl says, "Look, I ain't ever going to kneel." And Dwight says, "I said that too." And Daryl comes back with, "Yeah, I know." And he goes, "Oh, but you don't. But you're gonna." So yeah, I guess everybody bows when they see Negan. They kneel. That's kind of cool. It's cool, but I, I always have questions about the logistics of these. <laughs> These protocols, like right. if so, if he turns his back on you and you stand up and he turns back around, do you have to kneel again to argue. Uh, I don't know. When is it appropriate to kneel and when is it not? I don't know. I mean, it's like I'd be worried about that if I were these. That's people. solvable problems. Most military outfits have solved when it's appropriate to salute and not salute, and all. So I feel like it's you could solve those problems. You could. I just think a few people are going to taste Lucille or be tasted by Lucille. That might be a feature not a bug, you know. Yeah, maybe. Like you just everyone's probably want to beat the shit out of somebody. Uh so Negan opines that Daryl's going ape shit and the work that Dwight's doing to break Daryl is working slow, but what are you going to expect when you got a badass, a grade A, yeah. yellow A on a gray backdrop, <laughs> A Daryl that you're going to have to break. Mm-hmm. Uh, he says, you've been doing such a good job that why don't you have a blast from the past that you know who, which I guess he's offering her a ride on his Negan's current wife? Or testing him? I think he's... It might I be think, a test. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think he's serious about that offer, but I think he's serious about the other offer. But then it's not an offer that he's... It's not a thing he's giving him because he's like, 
pick whoever you want as long as they say yes. So it's not like so it's this big thing that you're supposed to so like is Negan anti rape, and if he is, it seems does, like it. Does he but, consider not dangling a life saving medication over someone's head? Is that not coercion in his mind? Right. Is what he's doing to Sherry not right? Rape? Like I mean, what is <laughs> what is will? What does consent mean to Negan? That's that's the question. And especially when he's like, you you take whatever you right. get, or you take what you want. Like those things, those two philosophies. As long as she says yes and take what you want, are not compatible. Yeah, you would think so. Then he goes and he makes light of uh, Eugene clomping on his dick, which, which to be I fair. Loved was super funny i don't buy it i don't think he's fine <laughs> i think the whole reason he doesn't go for it is because he's his dick you know like those warning stickers they put on like big industrial gears it's like the international like it has like it says like a no sign and then it shows oh. a, a, a normal hand going into the gears and it comes out looking like an escalator <laughs> right. like i think that's what dwight's dick looks like right now it looks like a broken escalator <laughs> that's yeah. just collapsed and probably killed a few few families uh, and uh, Dwight tries to laugh it off and say, "Hey, you know, I haven't earned it. You're giving me a reward for some the job I haven't completed, and in fact, I want to take another shit job, which is yep. we hear a code orange uh, be declared, and they said that he's either gone the moth, the angel, or the hard way, which I thought was kind of interesting, especially since we see the angel. Okay, with the arm, and I'm like, which is creepy as fuck. I'm guessing the hard cool. way is the main gates. It's just surrounded by chomping and champing and clomping of all kinds of dicks and bits. <laughs> what is the moth? I want to see the moth now. Yeah, like I, like I the, think we'll the, see the angel was quite literal. What the fuck is the moth? Like, you I know, know. I, 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 I want to know. It's it's Fat Tony's closet. Uh, and then, so he, he uh, when Negan says, uh, I thought Negan was going to kiss him straight on the mouth when he pulls him in to like do their forehead, like conehead bonding ritual thing. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, and also I don't know why Negan is so delighted to have this guy very ambivalently and nervously and weaselly acting towards you, you know? Yeah, well, he says good boy at the end, which is interesting because you see... Treat him the, like a dog. Yeah, the dog food that sure. he's been feeding to Daryl. Yeah. Well, Dwight's no different. He's just living in better conditions. Yeah, and is that... Boy, I, I, again, I don't... Is that is that Negan being smart? Is that Negan being dumb? Is it dumb that you would go around this guy who could just slip a knife between your ribs? Like, why doesn't Negan have, like, two or three guys with him at all times? Like, I feel like that's that's Dictator 101, too. He might be overconfident, yeah. You don't ever want the numbers to be, like, you know, you got to always have to worry about the numbers if you're going against me. Mm -hmm. Um, Anyway, uh, so Fat Joey is assigned to be the feeder whilst Dwight is away. Oh, he fails. He fails. He fucks it up, but doesn't really because this was a test. He doesn't lock the door behind Daryl, and Daryl decides to escape. And I want to talk about how phenomenally stupid this makes Daryl look. Okay. Why are you escaping? Right. What is the goal to which you are trying to achieve? Because your extra body at Alexandria doesn't 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 change the math one iota. It just right. means that Negan is much more likely to take his death squad and exterminate Alexandria. Mm-hmm. Like escaping I, I don't know what he thought he was going to get uh like if he tried to commit suicide I'd, like i'd be afraid in a situation to commit suicide because of what he might do to the survivors for depl- depriving him of his shit sandwiches yeah. and this is just like on the in in the offing when glenn's death is fresh in his mind like i right. don't get it like is this supposed to be admirable 
I I think is so. this Daryl being Daryl? Yeah, it's it's strange because it feels like he is making those decisions for everyone else, right? And that's by, suddenly by being so defined. They hammered it home so well about how this is not just you. This is the mm-hmm. community that is going to take the brunt of your punishment, and suddenly now it's all about you and your individual torment. They need to, they need I to make him pay it. for it. I mean, if this show doesn't make him pay for what he's done here, um, for his defiance against Negan, then. I don't have any faith that the show even understands the situation. I have a problem with him being as, stu- as stupid as he is, but but don't worry, this plot actually gets dumber. I um, don't. I mean, I I think Daryl's character might just be this defiant. Like I really, yeah. In consequences, be damned. But if there are no consequences, okay, well, then show be damned because I don't. I won't buy it. My 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 greatest hope is that that Daryl. Uh, my greatest hope with Daryl would do all this calculus in his head and understand, like, he could feel helpless and outraged and suicidal, right. whatever, but I think Daryl's smarter than this. If not that, then yes, the show has to have some kind of consequence. And it's probably going to be something we don't like. I think he's, I think he's one part smart, one part stubborn, and I, I don't know which wins in a situation like this. All right. Uh, Dwight's now pushing a motorbike down the road because he's off looking for the code orange, and he's pushing it down the road for some reason. At first, I thought it's because he didn't want to drive through the zombie slick. That's is that true? I think that's true. I yeah. I don't know why. I mean, it didn't look. I like don't understand it. any. Uh, I mean, I have a good idea of the scenario and what happened, but there's some things. Yeah, like wrong I've I've had a bike scene. fall over on me and it didn't just completely destroy the front end of my bike. I think it was walkers. I think they implied that the walkers Lan- no. Both both ripped the spokes of that wheel and also bent the rims. No. No. <laughs> no. I'm sorry. Because when he drops it over on its side, like I thought, "Oh, something must have happened and I missed a scene where he hit a rock." Yeah. Like a series of rocks right. that all and, and then he accidentally like, like ran over a branch. Hit, that like went if in they his showed spokes. him hitting a guardrail and he went flying fifty feet in the air, like that would. And then because he also right. acted like really fucked up too. Like I feel like on the cutting room floor is a scene where he took off after this guy and lost control and rolled it, but that is missing in the final cut. Yeah, I, I and, don't know. and it makes it super confusing. And that is the Walking Dead mo in like, my opinion. Was like, this we car wreck? Was this so the code happens. orange? Did he steal a car? Was this this car? Is this is, is no? I think what happened here is this car drove off the the ramp, the the top okay, bridge, and landed thing, on the ground. Landed on the ground. Maybe some zombies underneath it, and Which, crushed of course, him. of course, because any falling thing, <laughs> right. it's, it's Newton's law. You have to have zombies underneath it, and then maybe some of those zombies burned and melted and got real gross on the pavement, and then zombies kept falling over the edge like a right. waterfall. It's a perpetual motion machine, breaking themselves. Um, but anyway, this this all happens as you describe, and uh, zombies start dive bombing him from a, 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 above. He gets knocked to the ground. Things start falling to shit. He has to use his pistol. And next time we see him, he's fucked up and and pushing an even more fucked up motorcycle down the road. But we're not there yet. I I love the the dangling arm walker. Oh yeah, that thing is disgusting. <laughs> yeah, that made like I know they don't feel pain, but that made me hurt. Like you got exposed ends of broken bones, yeah. grinding and snapping and it's just it's just it's, got, like, it's a horror show mm, yeah um cheryl or i'm sorry sherry of all people finds daryl daryl in his high alert i'm sneaking through the dread enemy's fortress mode <laughs> i should not be able to be snuck up on at all 
and this woman wearing stylish clothes. Who we've we've seen her skills in the woods. Not great. She sneaks up on Daryl and takes him by surprise. Yeah. What the fuck is she doing in the prisoner section? How has she got this free movement? How is she able to find him when no one else can? How can she sneak up? All these questions I would like answers to, and I'm not going to get a single one. But she grabs him. None of these questions the writers have thought about or care about. She grabs him and says, whatever he does has done to you, there's always more. You won't get away, and when you're back, it'll be worse. And Daryl's like, fuck you, and goes off to a motorcycle corral, but then immediately gets ambushed by Negan and his men. Right. Negan asks everyone, who are they? And they say, Negan. And he goes, I'm everywhere, and this was your shot to prove that you knew it, and you fu- done fucked up by trying to get out of your unlocked cage. I'm still really liking JDM's Negan. Pretty I mean, good. He's, he's just killing it. Um, a little bit goes a long way. Uh, having him give like three vaguely similar speeches is is something uh, that I'm not sure is going to work out in his favor. Okay. Uh, yeah. He says, you work for me, you work for points, or you work on the wall. There is no door number four. Then he threatens to beat him with a bat, and Daryl doesn't flinch, which impresses him for some fucking reason. Because uh, he doesn't scare easy, even in the face of death. Um, but he's still got to pay a price, so he has the gang jump him, and he, they beat the shit out of him. Mm-hmm. Better than the iron, I guess. Better than the iron. Uh, Dwight's bu- uh, bike, as we discussed, is all kinds of fucked up, and he's still pushing it. We don't really know how it got that way, uh, but then he finds a code orange getting strangled by a zombie and goes off to help him. Uh, Sherry, again, wanders into the prisoner complex and decides to talk to Daryl and apologize and say, you said that I was going to be sorry one day, and I am. Which, all things that Daryl already knew. He already prophesied these things. I don't have any connection to Sherry. <laughs> Neither do I. Like, this is, like, bombing really hard for me as a viewer right now. Yeah. Uh, Dwight shows... Oh, speaking of bombing, Dwight shows up a blue shirt chicken man, who I, I, I recognize my second watch as a guy we saw kind of scowling in the background as Dwight is collecting his egg for his chickens his his egg bacon sandwich hmm. uh and he says we used to be friendly and oh my god you're you're supporting him after everything he's done especially to your wife and he says i'm not kneeling anymore and then he gets on his hands and knees to have dwight kill him but dwight refuses and threatens to kill everyone that he's ever been friendly with and dig up his ex or his, his dead wife and feed her to the crows which makes Blue Shirt get up, and then Dwight kills him anyway. Uh, I thought everything about the scene was redundant and poorly acted. Like I don't think Dwight's yeah. great, and this guy in the blue shirt is like, "Fuck you! You're you haven't been living in this world for three years, man. You rolled out a central casting, they threw a denim shirt on you, and called it good, <laughs> and you maybe you rehearsed your lines two or three times. I wasn't impressed. Yeah." And then the music starting up at the end, trying to make you feel state like, like that's the kind of music. If if we had gotten eight episodes of the Dwight and Blue Shirt guy, or we actually felt like this was a betrayal or whatever, this was just the the, the emotion relies on how much I sympathize with Dwight. And mm-hmm. I'll tell you, zero percent, zero percent, I sympathize with Dwight. <laughs> right? Yeah, he seems like a real asshole. Daryl tried to show him a better way last season. He fucked Daryl. And yep. now this is all his fault. Everything that's happening is his damn fault. So fuck mm-hmm. Dar- fuck Dwight. I'm getting on to fuck Daryl Wagon. <laughs> this is a disaster. <laughs> okay. Uh, anything you want to add? Uh, 
Well, I mean, he must have struck a nerve with that you won, but you know there's nothing left line because that causes him to shoot him in the back. Uh, I, I guess a mercy killing? I don't know about that. I think it was more like out of spite. Like, fine, fuck you. You're right, but take this. Well, he, he's got to bring him back. He can't shoot him in the head because he knows Negan would be pissed. Okay. I feel like unless unless this guy had a bat in his backstory that we're supposed to give a shit about, like was like some kind of like you know, believer in afterlife. Because I don't necessarily I'm more of a gym guy, like season one gym. Like I don't really particularly find it abhorrent to be resurrected as a zombie. I mean, if I had my choice, I'd rather not because I might hurt other people. Mm-hmm. But if I die in this world and become a zombie, like that's not gonna keep me up at night. Like, you know, like, I'm dead. I'm gone. Uh, I think there's, like, the, the the show could have suggested that there was still something of the person locked away in there. And I feel like the door is, is slammed pretty hard shut on that. Mm-hmm. So, fuck it. Like, I, I, I guess I just don't care. I don't know what's tragic about the fact that this guy is now strapped to the wall. His torment in Negan's camp is over, in my in my opinion. Right. Yeah, I, I guess so. So unless he's being chained to Earth and not able to go through the pearly gates or whatever, I don't, right. I don't know what the. It, it, to me, it felt you, you said you you thought that Dwight was pissed. I thought he was trying to show compassion in this moment. Hmm. Okay. I don't know. What, what do you think about Dwight's threat? You think? I feel like telling someone you're going to do something after they're dead is a little suspect it, it almost it smacks of a bluff to me because mm. what's the point like well, after they're dead that what's does the motivate point? me like if you say like i'm going to be a zombie okay whatever sure fuck sure you. but if you say i'm going to kill your wife and child and everyone that you love but do you believe he's actually going to do it dwight no negan yeah like like i think dwight's saying his like using this with his eye words he's negan, but right but he's actually saying these are things that negan is going to force us to do right I, I mean, that's me reading yeah, between the lines. So. I, 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 I don't really have any conclusive proof about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then we have a scene where Dwight and Sherry share some cigarettes in a staircase, and he asks if Negan's good to her, and she says, yeah, and she asks if he's happy, and he goes, yep, this is better than being dead. This whole five-minute scene, you're supposed to draw the opposite conclusion that these both are people that would be better off dead mm-hmm. and that are enjoy- enjoying a negative life existence right now. Um, yeah. but we also had the previous 30 minutes beating that in her head. Right. There's there's a certain sense of, like, A, sadness in this scene, and B, a tinge of animosity, I think, between there's these two, which I like. There's definitely a lot of, like I said, passive-aggressive behavior. Yeah, which I almost feel is acceptable in this situation. Like, sure. neither of them want to be dead, apparently. Right. Neither of them really want to do the things they're doing, but it, like... Dwight says it's preferable to being dead. It's one of those things where they both, they like Dwight would rather be dead, but he thinks she'd rather be alive and vice versa. Right. Because right. like it makes it seem like that it's Dwight's idea to come back. It was Sherry's idea to marry Negan to keep Dwight alive. Mm-hmm. And it was Dwight's abil- uh, idea to let himself get burnt in the face to seal the deal. It's kind of like the, like the gift of the Magi. Like, maybe you should just keep your hair and I should keep my pocket watch and call it good. But now I got a chain and no watch and you got a silver comb with no hair. Mm-hmm. Like, let's not kill each other. Right. This metaphor really got tortured at the end. 
Yeah, I, I don't know. Metaphors I, on Easy Street. I kind of like this scene. I, I like the stew of, like I said, animosity, sadness, and the care that I think they they feel for each other. Yeah. The 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 loyalty and the love. Do you think this will end up in some outright aggression? Because maybe I don't know maybe how so. this could get old pretty quick. Sure. Sure. The, like the staircase meetings of uh, of passive mm. aggressiveness and and unspoken she thoughts. She might just and get tired of him bumming cigarettes. I mean, they've got to be valuable. <laughs> How many points is a cigarette in the apocalypse? Well, I think they're both on the points-free system. They're just living off uh, Negan's lark. Still, you I wonder, can't just That's get the other cigarettes. thing. Like, if Negan says, hey, man, you just got invited to the cigarette bar. It's happy hour, and you're smoking for free. Mm-hmm. Like, would he? Like, is there a number of cigarettes that you could smoke with which Negan, Negan will pull you aside and be like, hey, man. Right. It ain't unlimited. Yeah. It's all you can choose to smoke, not all you can fit. Like, this whole pack in your mouth at one time, like, that's just being wasteful, man. <laughs> right. like, do you think he has to, or do you just get you, beat to death? You can't if, even enjoy them <laughs> that way. <laughs> no, this is like... Uh, You're passing out due to oxygen deprivation. You're not enjoying any of this thing. <laughs> You're just being an asshole, man. I, I've, I've seen Land of the Dead. This is like Fiddler's Green, where... Liquor is a very valuable thing, and I sure. imagine cigarettes would also be valuable. Yeah, yeah. Because even though there are a shitload of them, there's, you smoke through them pretty fast. And less you gotta, every year. There ain't right. no big tobacco farms anymore. Yeah. Not not in the East Coast, anyway. Speaking of which, because, I mean, tobacco farms would be a pretty, pretty uh, wasteful thing to use your resources on in the apocalypse. Well, we know Negan had a marijuana grow operation using artificial lighting. I don't think he gives a shit about that. Right, and I was also going to say they have house plants. They have house plants in this place. So when they were showing um, Dwight gathering his materials to make his awesome egg BLT sandwich, mm-hmm. did, is that stuff at the Savior's complex, or where we understand that he's actually raiding the kingdom and Alexandria for his tomatoes and his lettuce and? Uh, I felt like that they have these hmm. operations going at Savior's complex, too. I think so, yeah. I mean, it would make sense. So are they self-sufficient and all the stuff they're stealing from the others are just for, like, the grasshopper class? Seems like it, yeah. Someone made a, a point that this season is essentially a much more violent version than uh, of Disney's Bugs Life. <laughs> okay. With Dennis Hopper, uh, his grasshopper being essentially Negan. uh and whoever the fuck was the ant is 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 Rick. Um, anyway, uh, so Dwight commands Daryl to eat, and Daryl refuses. And he goes, "You're the one that got your friend killed," which earns Daryl throwing a shit sandwich back at him. Mm-hmm. And he says, "You should be dead, but Negan's taking a shine to you." He gives him a Polaroid of Glenn's head being obliterated. If you didn't see that, uh, it's a it's definitely a picture of of Glenn's head. It's real dark. I had to turn the brightness up. It's on my... it's tough. Yeah. Um. And it turns out that what actually can break a Daryl is Roy Orbison's classic crying. Yep. Except for it doesn't actually break him. So never mind. Right. Right. Lol. It just makes JK. him vomit. <laughs> yeah. And and lie face down in it. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, so it seemed to me like this is the song that did it for Dwight, right? You can see Dwight outside, mm. and and a lot of these lyrics apply directly to Dwight in sure. his current situation as and well. Daryl. A- and Daryl. And Daryl, yeah, a- right. as well. Um, but I, I like that. I mean, he kind of he's kind of trying to read Daryl and figure out the moment to strike here, and he does he does deliver a pretty satisfactory blow here, but it's not quite enough. Uh, but Dwight thinks the time is nice, so brings Daryl back to the room. I guess mm-hmm. Daryl's room, 
Um, and Negan explains for a couple of minutes about things that we already should probably figured out or knew. Right. Uh, walked us through the whole situation between Tina, Dwight, and Sherry and the meds that they needed and how that went pear-shaped and how Dwight came back with his tail between his legs and begged forgiveness. And the price was his super hot wife, uh, Sherry, marrying Negan and then Dwight getting an iron pushed against his face and scarring him up, uh, and then everything yeah. was cool between them. I suppose. And Dwight is just sitting here taking all of this abuse. Mm-hmm. Um, Although he's given off some signals. He's given off some pretty strong body language. Oh, oh, Dwight. Were you talking about Daryl? I'm talking about Dwight. I'm talking about Dwight. Dwight. Yeah. Okay, yeah, he's given off some pretty strong body language. We are not totally cool, Negan. Yeah, but Negan apparently can't read body language, I know. <laughs> and he's oblivious to it all. And again, he is there alone mm-hmm. with Daryl, who would just as soon kill him as spit on him, and Dwight, who I think we all are understand is in the same boat. If he could just get over that, like seems like it. Yeah, like whoever takes a swing here, I think Negan, Negan goes down. He's mm-hmm. dead. Like this seems pretty foolish from not to have a couple more dudes with them. Is Fat Joey outside the room? I think it's ridiculous the fact that Dwight was left to kind of usher Daryl around the complex. Like, I think Daryl could beat this guy any day of the week. Yeah. You need, like, three or four of your best dudes to take care of Daryl. Well, Daryl's been eating shit sandwiches for how long? A month? Daryl grew up eating shit sandwiches in the backwoods, (laughs) hiding from his fucking (laughs) rapist father and abusive older brother. This is his mother's milk. That's true. You need need three or four of your best dudes on Daryl, goddammit. So how long of a time period do you think this episode takes place over? It felt like days to me. Right. But certainly uh, it couldn't have been. It that, has to be weeks. It has to be that's to yeah. break Daryl. Yeah. I mean, it's every time we saw Easy Street, I took that as a day-night cycle. There was at least a okay. week's worth of that. So Yeah, even a week feels short. But I don't know how long we can be away from the rest of the story and still have it make a lot of sense. I don't know. I feel like uh, the, there's a there's a betting pool in the writer's room that have, with that very question. How long can we get away? <laughs> With this soft shoe routine until they'll be like, wait a fucking minute. How, you know? Yeah. Was it just sunny and now it's dark? I don't, I don't understand how time works in this place. <laughs> um, so at the end, he says, all this can be yours. All this sweet, the, the double thermos, mm-hmm. the, the, the kitchenettes. The house plants. The, the con- convection oven. It all can be yours for the low, low price of kneeling and saying that you're Negan when asked. And Daryl says, I'm Daryl. He, he damn right he does. Would have been more awesome if you said I'm Rick Grimes. <laughs> like that'd have been like uh-huh. not only I'm not going to say I'm going to I'm going to pull the your your own shit against you. Right. That that would have been pretty cool. Although you would think that there would have been a scene of Negan driving his pickup truck to Alexander and beating Rick de- to death and bringing his head back, but yeah, I don't know. Daryl seems like he's just stupid enough to do that. But not smart enough to go for the 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 the, the the full impact ironic answer. Mm-hmm. Um, so Dwight is at his his wits end for whatever reason about this, and he goes, "You're going to either wind up in that room or hanging on the fence." And Daryl says, "I." But I, I thought there was a third option. Couldn't I be you? Wasn't that one of the? You could be them or me or them. Well, you could be the points. He he, he didn't give the point system another another uh, examination. Is that one of the thems? Yeah. 
Okay. <laughs> in that room would be him. <laughs> Hanging on the fence would be them. Working for points would be the other them. Right. Can I be me? Is that an option? No. 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 You got to be Negan, a points guy, or a zombie, all right? <laughs> there is no fucking door number four. Okay, now it makes perfect sense. Maybe this. Maybe we need another five-minute scene of Negan to explain it, because clearly <laughs> you've missed a few spot, uh, 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 parts. Uh, so... Daryl says, look, I get why you did it. You were thinking about someone else, and that's why I can't. Mm-hmm. Which... I don't buy it. Well, that's the thing. Like, this whole episode has kind of convinced me that Daryl's not thinking of anybody but himself and revenge and fucking up Negan. Yep. So, like, I, I don't get it. I, I don't understand this response. Like, maybe I will come to appreciate and understand it, but the him saying, like, that's why I can't, clearly that should be him thinking about all of Alexandria. Right, but the whole episode, he's been acting as if that didn't matter. He didn't learn the lesson. So, I mean, is he talking about Glenn here? I think because that's what you're supposed to. Is like he saw Glenn's, and now he's. But but what does that mean? Because he's still resisting. Like I I think if I was Daryl, wouldn't the smart play to be like to do the false conversion? Yeah. Like I'm gonna say, and I'm gonna wait for my time, and I'm going to strike when the. I mean, shit. Negan almost gave me exam. Uh, I could probably kill them. I think he could have taken, like, just, just surprise Negan, uh, kick him in the nuts, mm-hmm. bite, bite him in his the dick. dick. Yeah. Then then you're just one-on-one versus Dwight while, while Negan's incapacitated. You, 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 beat, you beat Dwight like the rented mule he is, mm-hmm. and then you, you take on Negan at your leisure. Sure. I'm saying, like, that was <laughs> almost in, in, in Daryl's grasp. Beat so. Fat Joey while you're at it, too. Beat just Fat beat Joey, him. sure. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, we end the episode with Dwight going out and seeing a new guy on the wall, and it's the whiny blue shirt guy. Yep. With the dead wife who needs to be dug up now, I guess. Uh, I guess so, Because yeah. he didn't shoot him in the head, because I thought he, when we first saw it, he shot him in the head. It turned out he shot him between the shoulder blades. Mm-hmm. Not enough to kill a zombie. So, just enough to make one. And that's yeah. the episode. All right. I have more questions at the end of it than I have answers, but... Yeah. Like, I felt like... Th- and, and this is... Different in last week, and that we learned a lot about the kingdom. It was new. We we introduced to a lot of new characters that we didn't know about and got their backstories. This is essentially a story about Dwight and Daryl mm-hmm. that we knew almost all the facts. Yeah, seems like it. Like once I met saw Dwight and his wife in the camp compound, I pr- quickly pieced together what had happened to them since the greenhouse mm-hmm. uh, fire ex- incident. So I don't know. I was fr- I was really frustrated and frankly bored through a lot of this episode hopefully next okay. week we get back to alexandria because that's the other thing the consequence of going to the kingdom which i thought worked and then to negan's compound was that we put off resolution of alexandria for three weeks yeah so like i was really high on that episode now that's like three weeks in the past we'll we'll see if uh uh it works when we go back and ever everybody's still whining and, and moping and crying anyway yeah. that's we'll all i got out. we got a sponsor this week and you're probably familiar with them. It's Harry's.com. They are uh, the purveyor of fine shaving products, and I'm actually a proponent of them. I use them personally, uh, have been for some years now, and uh, I like the experience because, A, it's a real good shave. They got, they've got they got good razors. They're German-engineered. They are... Uh, Yavo. They, they bought the factory. They, they shut down the old... German engineered factory and said we need better razors. I don't know if they did any of this, but it sounds good. It's Italian um, engineered blades and like what the hell? Right? No, they need to did we did, need the Germans in here. Italian design, German engineering. That's right. that's what you need. 
Uh, so they did all that, and then they pumped these things out for like half the price you would normally pay for razors in the store, which is phenomenal. I really have noticed like how much I'm saving on shaving. Saving on that's a good slogan for them. Save it and shave it. Save on a shave. <laughs> Harry's dot com. Uh, but I, I've I've been enjoying them for years. You really like their uh, shaving cream. Yeah, I got a wild yeah. hair this spring, and I decided to go about a month uh, no beard, and I shaved uh, every day with the this the the, the razors, and I, I thought they were really comfortable to use. I was really impressed with their cream. And, you know, I got way into high-end shaving a couple years back. Mm-hmm. And I'll put that, their cream up against any of the, the, the high-end shaving creams. I thought they were really nice. And I still use it. Like, cause, uh, even though I got the full beard, I still got to shave my cheeks and my neck. Right. Keep things looking trim. Just and, did that uh, today. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Aries has been taking care of my cheeks and my neck for <laughs> some time now. And they, uh, th- they added a feature which I thought was missing from the first blades that they introduced. Mm-hmm to their, their second-generation blades here, which is the trimmer blade, which is the, the single blade on the back that lets you get into the nooks and crannies. Oh, yeah. Uh, all all the good spots. And uh, they added that to the razor recently. So they've got now a five-blade razor with the, the trimmer blade. Pretty awesome. Um, right now they're doing a promotion where you can go to harrys.com. That's H-A-R-R-Y-S.com, and you can enter the code BALDMOVE at checkout, and you get their trial set for free. Uh, all you have to do is pay the $3 shipping and they also include the post shave balm in that. So get a little, a little extra bonus when you go there, uh, to harrys.com and use that code. Uh, I would recommend it. I think, uh, Aaron would recommend it as well. I do. It's a good shave. Do it. Okay. Why don't we get into feedback? Let's do it. We start off with Barry C from the UK says, so Daryl, uh, he calls it a bottleneck episode. Is that... (laughs) Is anybody drinking beers? <laughs> I like a bottleneck episode. Yeah, uh, Maggie. It's at the a single hill- point of failure. Maggie at the hilltop the week after. Heath and Tara on the road the week after that. Then maybe Father Gabriel standalone episode after oh, that. Jesus, back to Ezekiel for a week, and then we can end the half season with Rick and the gang. Fifteen minutes after Negan left them. Get behind Gimple, <laughs> Satan. We don't need any of this in in his uh, vision. No, we don't. Uh, I hope that's not the route they take. <laughs> But we'll see. Uh, JR and Indy says, I think they made a big mistake with Fear of the Walking Dead and need to move to a different spinoff model. Uh, it needs to go more like True Detective or Fargo. Bring in one top-notch director or showrunner and say, this is y- your season. They could potentially get uh, top-end actors, knowing that it would be only for one season, eight to ten episodes. And it could be based on any time period of the story and anywhere. Uh, what's it like in Africa or Russia? Mm. Um, Call it, it like Tales of the Walking Dead. It's an anthology. Yeah, yeah. Or Logan's Run style in Japan, where you once you hit 50, you have to be killed because everyone is infected and we can't take any chances of you dying in your sleep. All right, that's a bit harsh. Uh, or even a mini three-arc series of a single person watching all hell go down in New York City while sitting in their penthouse with binoculars or a telescope. I think it would be fascinating to see Quentin Tarantino or the Double Ds or any number of talented people, um, what they could do with a turn at the helm. Yeah, I, honestly, I feel like that's what World War Z should have been. Like, they should have made that right. into a show and gone to all these different places and explored all these stories instead of the just boilerplate bullshit that that movie was. Well, that movie had nothing to do with World War Z. Right, right. Literally. The, the book World War Z they is took the essentially that, which yeah. is... They jump around to all these different places, and they see, like, the the beginning of the outbreak or sure. years after it's happened. Right. Um, it's 
it's a really interesting structure for that story, and it gives you a lot of glimpses into how different types of people reacted to this scenario. Mm-hmm. That would be awesome. Yeah. I mean, I got my problems with the World War Z, the, the novel myself, but... Sure. yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, Tales of the Walking Dead would be pretty cool, and it, I don't even know if you need to stay with it for a season. Like, it would be neat if it was like a Tales from the Dark Side, where every it's all set in the Walking Dead universe, but every week you could explore like a really interesting or fucked up or even humorous scenario uh-huh. uh, going on. Um, but yeah, fear like because that I it's always depressing when I see the climax of the story that they began in the Fear of the Walking Dead, and like, man. Like, what are you even doing? You're making this short story that you're filming during the walking, the, the fear of the walking dead to entice people to keep like, if anything, you need to start that in the walking dead and then finish it in fear of the walking dead to try to get people to watch that. Because I've seen fear of the walking dead's numbers. They're not, not terrible, but they're not great. They're not anywhere near as strong as it's just such a weird thing. It's such a weird. Yeah. And, and like so unengaging. Like I don't, I didn't give a shit last year about the car, the, the plane crash. Mm-hmm. Uh, storyline and I was there from the beginning because I watched Fear the Walking Dead season one I, I don't I don't know who they're making this for yeah like take whatever money you, you're you spending on that and give it back to the production yeah it feels like it's for the diehards who are just watching everything Walking Dead they're gonna Dead. watch it anyway sure sure but it's yeah yeah, as a hook, I don't know because I don't watch Fear the Walking Dead or and, Fear and the most Walking of the Dead, problems so with lost. The Walking Dead I think could be solved by giving the production more money sure yeah. Uh, Becca has some comments about a pomegranate and the symbolism and uh, oh, sure. all sorts of stuff. Um, so she says, I have previously learned some further history and symbolism to the pomegranate, which may be relevant. I heard that the calyx, ca- calyx, the little stem nubby thing at one end of the pomegranate is said to be the inspiration for the crown of King Solomon. Hmm. If you look at it from the side, the calyx has that traditional sort of cliche pointed crown shape uh it has also been the symbol of kings and queens for years uh the plantagenets when i think of calyx i think of really awesome bookshelves from ikea okay all right (laughs) yeah spelled differently but okay but more useful i'd say (laughs) uh they use the pomegranate as their symbol uh, Granada is also an important city in the history of Christianity, and the pomegranate's history seems to be deeply entwined with religion, specifically the history and development of Catholicism and Christianity. Hmm. Instead of the traditional fertility, death, other symbolism of the fruit, it may be being used here just to symbolize Ezekiel's kingship or perhaps sort of religion forming around him. Uh, we've we've also had we had some people write is in. Is pomegranate and say, like a, a stereotypically royal fruit too? Uh, yeah, she says the the Plantagenets, which is a royal house of England in the 13 and 1400s, use the pomegranate as their symbol. Hmm. Okay. I, I don't know. So like last week we talked about how it's like, you know, essentially the Greek fruit of the dead, mm-hmm. which, you know, obviously uh, if you have that and then a royal connotation, there, there you go. There's Ezekiel. Yeah. Uh, and we did have some people write in and say like the pomegranates were kind of the inspiration for grenades, I guess. I don't know. Really? I that's what they said. I did I thought, not verify thought, any thought, of that. I thought high explosives were the <laughs> Well, the shape. The the okay. people saw a pomegranate and said, Wouldn't it be awesome if this blew up? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Lodge seeds deep in the hearts of our enemies, killing them dead. Yeah. Yeah. That might be true. So there's some pomegranate information for you. 
Josh F. says, I want to touch on the Ezekiel realistic ruling these people in the manner he does and Carol turning her nose up at him. I don't think that his Arthurian King Act really matters at the end of the day. If Rick spoke in an old English accent and called his people subjects and knights, would it really matter that much to the people he's leading? At least as long as that's what they've always known him as, not just something he randomly started he's doing. Already, he's already using one fakey, bizarre accent, so <laughs> like, true. What's, what's another? Yeah. <laughs> says they are a self-sustaining community who produces enough food for at least two communities, and they keep their people relatively safe, and they've got pomegranates. Sure, people have died under Ezekiel's rule, but every leader in the world has lost people tragically. Carol turning her nose up at it is kind of illogical to me. Her own community is in dire shape. Well, is but that her community that's anymore? That's the point, too, right? The fact she doesn't that want to be part of a community. Yeah. Not, not only that, but a community that's based on this like sing-songy fiction. That's like you, You're right. It's hard to argue with the results, mm-hmm. but for Carol to wrap her head around that like LARPing style of community... I don't think it's like, you know, she was threatening a six-year-old with screaming death by zombie. Right. Like, I I can see her, like, very much does not compute trying to rationalize all that. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of of that, he says, I think the Renaissance Fair thing they have going on both serves as some comic relief as well as serving the purpose of portraying all of the different masks these people put on to survive, especially those in leadership roles. Even Negan at the other end of the spectrum is just a character that he created to incite fear and respect in the sheep he likely believes he's shepherding into the new world. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, And I guess, do these people, so do you think these people actually think that that's who Ezekiel is? The accent, the... That's the thing, like, I, I remember saying, like, I wish I could see how many of these people are just going along with this because, well, Ezekiel is the leader that is working and I don't want to fuck up the magic like how many people actually yeah. buy into this whole king routine how many people are just, just going like along and how many people like you know is there like a like a middle class or just like actually buys into it and does feel like mm. how much of the stuff that he was saying about his routine working is actually why it's working right uh the other thing man i kept on thinking as i was watching this episode how cool it would be to compare and contrast these two ruling styles. Mm-hmm. Like, if they, instead of these being standalone episodes, if they entwined them, you could see everyone bowing before Negan, and then... Right. Like, one's a BLT, one's a shit sandwich. Well, I mean, plus the Ezekiel being, a, you know, saying that he's a king and, and inspiring all this loyalty from people and, mm-hmm. and leading from the front versus... Like, there would have been interesting to compare and contrast that within a single episode. Sure. And I'm surprised that no one in the writer's room said, hey... You know, the structure, not only... I don't know. Maybe they did. I don't want to harp that. And Gimple's like, nope, nope, nope. Stick with the one story. Yeah. Keep feeding them the dog food. Uh, And the other thing is I could also see them getting way up their ass and be like, hey, to really understand Daryl's mental state, they need to go along this ride with him. Right. Right. They need to be naked and afraid. And then 50 minutes later have zero character development because they're still in the spot they were in the first. (laughs) Yeah, fuck you guys. I don't know what you're doing. All right, no trying, one... trying to defend you and this got me nowhere. I'm going back to the hate, <laughs> letting it flow. Yeah. Stay in your wheelhouse, man. Yeah, That's man. The place you live. Got nothing but confused listeners the last two weeks. It's back to old school, <laughs> fire and brimstone, watching dead. Perfect. <laughs> Nola B says, I think the character development for Morgan and Carol in episode two is largely a response to the fan criticism from last season. Uh, a lot of a lot of which came from us, I think. Um, Morgan received a lot of hate for his extreme pacifism, so they are pivoting to a more middle-of-the-road approach, 
um, for him where he has toned down the preaching. Fans of Rambo Carroll were not pleased by her unraveling last season into a weepy character. This felt like a hard right turn for her that was not sufficiently explained. Yep, I agree with that. Uh, in the kingdom, Carol has a chance to heal and rebuild a more nuanced outlook on the world. What do you guys think? Are Morgan, are Morgan and Carol in character rehab, where the show is resolving the problems with their characters from last season? Can I have a slightly different option? Yeah, sure. I think this was their intended arc all along. Mm-hmm. Just the Walking Dead fucking drags its feet about everything, which op- leaves them open to the accusation. Like, right? that's a fairly compelling arc if it happens in a single half season. Right. When you stretch it over 18 months. And if it happens in a slightly more believable way. Too. Right. Well, yeah. I think that makes it more believable, too. If like things like extreme events happen and, and push people's belief systems and all. Like, you know, but, but when it, it gets dribbled out over the course of... 24 episodes uh that's rough that's rough and and when you come back from a whole year off being off season like people are going to start accusing you of like oh you're just fucking course correcting whereas if you had the confidence to tell this in some kind of timely fashion well because because i kind of suspect that they always wanted them to round out into this shape because i'm with knowing the overall story structure i see how all these different points of view are going to be interesting going forward Mm-hmm. But damn, they take their sweet time getting getting these things put into place. I don't know that I think taking your sweet time is that bad of a thing, as long as there are other things going on that are interesting and compelling, and and they're not. The, the problem not. I saw was they dumped a fucking bucket of it on us every single episode. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like they they dribbled out these right. breadcrumbs to lead us down this path they just fucking doused us in it every single episode and we got tired of it immediately and, and even in this single episode is it's the it's a microcosm of the overall problem which is like they're doing the the measured approach where you could do a lot of show not tell but then they fucking can't help but tell you anyway right right like here comes the big old bucket you know they get impatient they want to like get right. it all out there on the screen and then right. they have nothing left for the other eight episodes they've got to do right and it punishes the people that have picked up on it and it rewards the people that aren't paying attention and those people can go on reddit and figure out what the fuck things meant after the show is over with anyway i i just yeah. i don't know it's and it encourages people not to pay attention because you don't yeah. have to i mean it's not what this show is i guess right so go, going on to uh, Andrew's email, he says, during this week's podcast, one of you mentioned that, and he's talking about last week, one of you mentioned that maybe you had gained a reputation as a podcast that hates The Walking Dead uh, or hates on it. Perhaps this is true, and whilst I think you are generally fair in your criticisms, I think this reputation has meant you receive a disproportionate amount of negative criticism about the show compared to what the average viewer feels. Mm-hmm. I normally find the criticism interesting as it allows me to uh, the chance to consider an alternate point of view However, can we just call out the I'm Dunners? No one actually believes that these people are going to stop watching, do they? They just sound like spoiled children having a tantrum because that naughty Mr. Kirkman didn't do what they wanted. Oh, boy. Yeah, so th- these are Andrew's put, words. Put them on easy Let's, street. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think they believe by saying they're done with the show, the writers panicked at the thought of losing a tiny amount of the 17 million viewers they have will somehow... Uh, hear of it and start writing plots that are more acceptable to their expert opinions. And he's going to make a reference that I don't understand in any way. Here in England, my football team, Arsenal, has a very vocal online presence. Mm-hmm. Much like The Walking Dead, the team generally does well, but has the ability to fuck things up spectacularly every now and then. Sure. 
The online discourse was immense last season, with what appeared to be 80% of the fans demanding that our manager be sacked after 19 years on the job. It's a long time on the job. He likens that to a showrunner. And he said, it seemed like every man with a laptop could do a better job than our manager. (laughs) The media and the online forums made a huge deal that there was going to be a fan protest at the next home game. When the day came... Only about 200 in a crowd of 60,000 protested, and they were quickly shouted down by the majority. It was an interesting snapshot of how the online negativity wasn't representative of the wider fan base. Many match day fans weren't even aware this was going to be there was going to be a protest because they just turn up at a game, watch it, and then go talk to their mates at the pub right. about it for a couple hours. They don't consume every article on the game for the next few days uh, and all that stuff. He says, the I'm Dunners have made it through six seasons of the show. Obviously enough, um, enjoy it enough to listen to podcasts and then discuss it and care about it uh, to email these podcasts so they can comment on the show. By all means, have an opinion, but please stop the silly threats because we don't believe you. I Well, I mean, there's definitely people that do leave, and some people come back, and some people say that it's, it's, they've heard it's been good again, and they come back. Like, I... I mean, but I think this that's an internet phenomenon because think how many people have you seen to just stop using Facebook versus how many people flounce? Right. You know, flouncing is a real thing. Like if you've got an online community and someone's not happy with the way they're going, you could just leave or you could have the dramatic, this is my last post and I want to tell you why you're not going to see me. Because everyone wants that kind of like closure. They want to affect change. They want to feel like people are going to be like, oh, no, please don't. You know, it's, you know, and then a lot of times they get by Felicia uh, right, but I understand all those motivations, but I do feel like that uh, the ratings have borne out the fact that the the for a long time the Walking Dead was shrinking, and it's kind of come roaring back in these last few episodes. That how much of that was because people did want to see who died, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know? And then uh, is that going to be long term sustainable if they continue the same things that drove people away? Well, I do feel like. He's got a point, um, given the ratings, because, you know, part of that ratings bump could just be people who said they were going to leave and never did, said they were going to leave before and then came back. Um, well, I mean, as also I see it in a lot of critics, like I, that, that Vox article I was reading is about a guy who thinks this might be the last season because... He's been covering this for seven seasons. I've seen... He's wrong. He's uh, dead. Alan Seppenwall checked out last year. Bill Simmons? Oh, might be his his personal last season. That's what I'm saying. Like, okay. a lot of these people right. are, are, like, you know... I, I That's the thing. Like, I'm not trying to threaten, you know, and I would never say this is my last season. If I did, it would be, like, yeah, we right, come right. back and there would be no more seasons of The Watching Dead. Yeah, we've done that with shows. Um, so. But I guess it's the frustration of... This show could so easily be mm-hmm. in that upper echelon of shows. Like people get frustrated when you compare it to Breaking Bad or Game of Thrones. There's no reason a show about zombies can't be every bit as critically acclaimed as a show about fucking dragons, right? And shadow babies and bullshit glass swords and stuff. Like that's yeah. phenomenally stupid and silly. But they've made it great because they've injected a lot of real world, you know, angst and political drama and all that stuff. And and you can do you can tell adult stories in these fantastic universes walking dead chooses not to yeah and that is a source of consternation to a lot of people because it's certainly again going back to fucking darabont days that's time to do that again i haven't done that this season this show was supposed to be a boutique serious drama on amc every bit as serious as Mad Men and breaking bad except set in the walking dead and we haven't fucking got it the show to live up to that promise 
Yeah. It comes we, close. We never will. You get an episode or two. But, I mean, it's, we're fatalistic about it. I, I Again, I don't understand why it can't be. Well, it's got it's the because, money. It's got the ratings. It's got... Right. It, it's because no one making the show cares about it being that anymore because it has the ratings and the money. Yeah. That's what this show is now. And, I mean, you're either going to love it, you're going to hate it, you're going to fall somewhere in between, but don't expect this show to change. It just seems easy to me to think that if you got some, if you spent some more money in the management and the writer's room that you would get a show that you'd keep the audience, the people just watching for the action, but then you would gain you know, the prestige of winning Emmys and you'd gain critical people like the, the, the critical buzz of like the, the top critics always talking about it right. and people saying, oh, it's not my guilty pleasure, it's just my fucking pleasure. I don't. I don't know. Yeah. It seems like you could get a bigger audience, but maybe or or you. But there again, turn off the people who like it for what it is, and, and there then again, lose your audience. What was the highest? What was the highest ratings that Breaking Bad ever got? Right, six million. Yeah, Mad Men got four at its height. Walking Dead still is getting fifteen plus. So yeah. no, it's there's no reason for them to change. Fuck me, disregard. I don't know what I'm talking about. Unless they want Andrew <laughs> Lincoln to win an Emmy, they don't care about changing. <laughs> Yeah, it's a bummer, though, because it, 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 I, I don't know. It feels like there's a way to serve both. Breaking Bad had plenty of hoity-toity people doing in-depth, and they had plenty of people just wanting to see dudes getting shot up and blown up and dissolved in acid. That's and true. they had a way to keep both of those fans engaged because it was a well-rounded, awesome show. Okay, let's move on to John. I mean, we're still in the, the last episode I had a, a bunch of feedback this week. All right. Uh, John says, I'm sure this has been pointed out by now, but in the well episode, you uh, couldn't decide whether Ezekiel was referring to Martin Luther King Jr. or just Martin Luther. I believe you missed something in Ezekiel's delivery. He says that he's played many kings in his day. Arthur, Macbeth, Martin Luther. He says the last name with a slight smirk. Ah, so I take Martin that as a clever king. way of saying Martin Luther King which his beliefs seem to line up more with Martin, uh, with King Jr. than Martin Luther as well. Yeah, I totally, totally missed. Obvious. I totally obvious. I completely missed that. But I, 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 I did a bad job. I'm just criticizing the Gimple, and here I shit the bed of my own podcast. <laughs> right. I'm chagrined. All right, Dexter says, have you, hey, guys, have you seen the uncensored Negan scene at the end of season six? What? Uh, yeah, where he drops the, the F-bomb. Uh, also... Also, they said they're going to do an uncensored Negan for the Blu-ray in most of his scenes in season seven. And I guess there's a he, he included a link which I didn't watch because I had seen some of this stuff before. But yeah, what do you, what do you think about that? They're going to do they Man. have filmed a lot of scenes with him dropping actual f bombs and other scenes with him saying "Pee Pants City" that type of stuff. I don't get what's going on with basic cable right now because I'm watching two shows on FX, uh-huh. the same fucking network. They had the same airtime. One is Donald Glover's Atlanta, uh-huh. where motherfucker and fucker uh, during the broadcast unbleep. They just do it all the time, dropping in bombs, dropping C bombs. American Horror Story. Ostensibly, a show about people being beheaded and gutted, and they still bleep their f bombs. Yeah, I don't get it. I, I don't, don't understand. Like, it makes no like. Is this a? And then like the same guy who you know Ryan Murphy made an American Crime Story about O.J. Simpson had unbleeped right. f bombs and and plenty of them. Oh yeah. And then he comes back and makes American Horror. So it's like, is it about advertise? Is this some experiment that we're doing? Like, I don't. I don't. I mean, I guess that's cool to get an unfiltered Negan experience on the Blu-ray, but I don't understand why we're not getting it on air. 
Like everyone says yeah, advertisers, but like fucking Atlanta right. doesn't seem like it's having problems selling ads. I know American Horror Story doesn't, and certainly O.J. Simpson didn't. Like what? And it's all on the same network. I, I don't get it, man. What do you think? No, I, I'm with you. I don't understand it either. Like I'm. I mean, I know I, I'm an adult. I can handle f bombs. I know there are some people out there who don't want to hear. Them, they sure don't. But I, I don't know what to tell you. You're an adult. If, if you you're, can't if handle eight year olds watching The Walking Dead and you don't want them to hear the f word, like I don't. I mean, your eight year old probably shouldn't be watching The Walking Dead. I mean, or you're just you've got some other bullshit cultural reason for thinking the f bomb right. is worse than seeing someone disemboweled. Right. I, you know, sorry. That's anyway, my opinion, man. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, Michael S. says, emailing you guys because Walking Dead really pissed me off in the second episode, and I don't think you guys talked about it in your podcast. Carol was shot in the arm and leg in the season finale, and I think they only said two days went by. <laughs> right. She was in a wheelchair at the beginning of the episode and walking fine at the end. Arm was lightly wrapped, but she was using it with ease to move a wheelchair. I think The Walking Dead forgot about this, and so did everyone else. Man, I, I just... I can't point out every mistake of this show. Well, that you did on the like, live watch. You were like really harping on I, that, and I'm right. like, and then I forgot to talk about it in the main cast, right? But. And I was kind of like, well, come on, man, we don't know how long time is. And then they <laughs> they, they say they two say days. two days, like, right. well, fuck us, but yeah, yeah. It wouldn't surprise me if we come back and find that Daryl was in the cell for two days, <laughs> right? And it damn near broke him, right? Because that's the thing. Like I, was I could do two days in the cell. Come on. I was mentioning like this book I read where they had this some Soviet era spy that they're trying to break, and one of the techniques they did is they put him in a dark cell and they got him up like his sleep schedule was completely random. They'd lie about how they they lace his food with caffeine and then lie about how long it's been since they opened the door and what it's like. You know, get up, you fool! It's in the middle of the day and it's really in the middle of the night, right. just as a way to like completely fuck you mentally and like i thought maybe they're doing that so it could be this is all happening two or three days like you know easy street being once a day seems not much of a torture whereas if it's happening all the time and unpredictable you know variable variant variable lengths of time that's more yeah but like i've stayed up for two days i didn't eat an outpost sandwich i didn't feel like changing my outlook on life yeah i, I mean, was just like Damn, I'm tired. <laughs> no, I get it. Like two days to break Daryl is no. It, it should be in much longer than that. And to be fair, yeah. he's not broken, so right. we could have four more episodes like this. Wouldn't that be awesome? <laughs> okay, uh, we're going we're going a different direction here with Tony's email. He says, "Every chance I get to see Daryl tortured makes me smile. Call me an <laughs> asshole, but I love to see him suffer <laughs> after what happened with Glenn. I want more." Uh. Of this. So he was he's real pissed about the Glenn thing. Still which, not learned his lesson too, so that's fair. Uh Mark M says, Could Negan please just beat Daryl to death already? He's such a boring one dimensional character, he's unbearable. He's basically the average viewer's ideal of moral perfection. Um and it's driving me crazy. Yeah, I don't know. He's got some ethical challenges here with uh how how things are going down at Yeah Negan's compound and all that stuff. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure he's playing the game as effectively as he thinks he is, though. Indeed, indeed. Uh, I guess Yahoo? Yahoo emailed us? No, it's somebody from Yahoo, and it was just their email address, and I didn't want to give it. So uh, Yahoo emailed us and said, My biggest issue right now with the show is a simple one. In this world, does America only include the states of Georgia and Virginia? I could be wrong, but I believe there are 48 more states. Why the heck would they just wait around and let Negan mess with them? Why didn't Two-Face and his wife... Uh, who probably has a wonderful personality, uh, take 
take off to South Carolina or, I don't know, Montana? Why won't Rick's group just leave and get as far as possible from Negan? What am I missing here? Well, I mean, Rick's, it's difficult gr- to Rick's group's gone all over the world. or all you know, They've gone from the Midwest to the East Coast, and all points in between has been filled with dirty, filthy, terrible people. Sure. What makes you think it'd be any different so here in Montana? at Alexandria, you got hot water and electricity. Yeah. So, I mean, that I guess there's a little bit of fatalism here. Well, there's also a, a very serious risk of travel. I mean, also, you don't Dwight have the supplies. Also, his crew of dumb fucks wouldn't have made it through that episode hadn't it been for Daryl. What episode? Oh, the, the like, Woods episode. Yeah, yeah Dwight's yeah. not the Dwight we see now. Dwight was like a, he was a, a broom-pushing point earner. Like, mm-hmm. he probably didn't have a lot of combat experience. And yeah. I don't know. He's trying I, to sell his shirt for food. I, I think you're just supposed to understand that... If you've been on the outside and then you get on the inside, no matter how bad the inside is, it's better than the outside. Yeah. I mean, I, I kind of buy it. I think it's a hard life on the outside, and it's easier on the inside. Easy street, would you say? Uh, I'd say not quite as difficult street. It's, not, right. as, it's not as quippy, but <laughs> it's more accurate. Uh, Jackie says, some thoughts on the cell. Finally, we get to this episode. Uh, the first episode of this season shows Negan effectively break Rick's spirit. In fact, that's pretty much the, uh, what the whole premiere was about. Negan seemed quite perceptive, correctly diagnosing Rick as having a little fight left in him after Abe's death. Uh, after Glenn's death and after that whole zombies in the mist ordeal, right up until Carl's arm was in peril. Right. However, two episodes later, it appears Negan's not really good at this game at all. His right-hand man, Dwight, and his wife, Sherry, transparent, transparently loathe him. They're obedient in the short term, but they do a poor job of pretending that, given the right opportunity, they wouldn't both stab uh, Negan in the back. And now he's trying mental and physical abuse, isolation, and dog food sandwiches on Daryl Dixon, childhood abuse survivor, loner, and squirrel kill, squirrel and roadkill diet aficionado. And surprise, Daryl won't say he's Negan any more than Picard would say there are five lights. You think think Negan's giving anything worse than Merle did? Fuck no. Merle had the oh, he, yeah. he had the branding irons out and putting cigarettes out on him. Like, come on. Yeah. And for years. Yeah. For years. Yeah. And when Daryl was in a more fragile state. Sure. I mean, come on. Is Negan's goal to fill his entire circle with people who can't even act loyal to him, or is this just bad writing? And what's with the writer's endgame here? I'm assuming they're showing us Daryl naked, shivering, and smeared with yak poop or whatever in the hopes that it will be super satisfying when he inevitably rises from the dust and smites the shit out of Negan. I submit that we'd cheer louder if Negan wasn't kind of bad uh, at being the bad guy. Yeah, it's too bad because I, I feel like it's weird because I, I described this pa- this this uh, this plot's pace as plotting, but also like we learned facts about Dwight that warp speed that I think makes Negan look foolish yeah. by the way they presented the data. It wasn't a slow burn or a slow reveal, like you know. If, if at the first few episodes we think that everything's going cool in Dwight's life, and we progressively reveal that oh shit, his wife is uh, his wife is now a wife of Negan, and oh shit, he's a, and know. if he was a better actor around Negan, like if he could sell it better to Negan, sure, not necessarily to us, right, but to Negan, yeah, no, I mean the show's got to be like I, I just the show has no confidence in us as the viewer, man, yeah, like subtlety is just going to be lost on us. To be fair, at this point, it might. (laughs) Because I'm not used to engaging that that gear in my brain on the show. Yeah. Uh, So Michael G. in Seattle is 
uh, in Seattle asks, do we think Negan is insane? I don't. I don't either. I think he's cynical as hell, and I don't know what kind of damage he's had, like, you know, what his post-apocalyptic experience is, but I think he is... And I wish the show did a better job of portraying him as kind of like an evil genius. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't think he's a genius... Uh, I don't necessarily even think he's he's evil in 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 in, in the classic sense of the word, but uh, who is? I don't know. Do you have any opinions on what Negan's job might have been before the zombie apocalypse? My my off the top of my head was manager at a smoothie shop in the mall <laughs> in Orange Julius. Stand. I started to think of like you know some kind of uh, you know non one percenter bike gang motor, motorcycle gang. Uber driver? Uber driver, yeah, sure. That's what sure. Michael says. Uh, Lumberjack. Yeah, let's go to... Minor league baseball player. What if that's what it was? He was like there a shortstop <laughs> on... He's like a Razor minor... Shines. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yep, I, th- I think you nailed it. <laughs> you hit it out of the park on that one. Uh, MB- MBF in Portland says, I'm sure your mailbag is full of people wishing the show had gone back to Rick and Alexandria by now, and realizing that I may be in the minority here, I wanted to offer an opposing take. All right. I was one of the folks who loved the premiere, not the shit show that was the season six finale who got the bat fuckery, but specifically the season seven premiere as a single episode uh, and a start to a new chapter for The Walking Dead. All right, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I'm 100% on, on your board. Me too. Uh, as soon as I finished watching, I assumed the show would take one or two episode break from uh, showing the fallout with the main group. Not only is it keeping uh, with The Walking Dead's M.O., but to me it felt right from a storytelling perspective. After something as impactful as the events of 701 as a viewer, perhaps like the characters, I wanted and needed time to process, grieve, and distance myself from the horror that took place there. I needed to stew and think about what comes next. The Walking Dead has pulled some wonky pacing shit in the past that I don't think worked, but I would argue that taking a break from Rick and company after 701 was actually a strength. They are returning... Uh, next week for a 90-minute episode that looks like it will focus almost entirely on Alexandria. Oh, boy. And I'm just now feeling ready to see those things unfold. Those are my two cents. Would love to hear your thoughts. I I mean, obviously, if you listen to our podcast, I was on board for going keeping away from it for even another episode, even though I was saying, ooh, mm-hmm. I yeah, this was compelling, but, boy wouldn't it have been better if we were visiting all these and, and you know getting getting all these different perspectives and and also looking ahead at the schedule knowing how fragmented this group is like this could fucking take all season to get you know visiting to the Terra and what's going on Maggie and Sasha and you know I, I don't know um, so I, I was on board for them to get a little bit of distance but I feel like there's too much distance and also, this 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 particular episode felt like way too little plot spread over way too much episode. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. But I, I feel where you're coming from, anyway. Jason from Mississippi says, This episode was bad. Really bad. For a lot of reasons, I'll try to use points so you can, can and choose what you want out of the email. This episode was really bad. If some of this were sprinkled in episodes throughout the season, I wouldn't dislike the story so much. There you go. The Walking Dead has to make episodes about a single story, and we're stuck with this shit. Daryl and Dwight's relationship feels really unnatural to me. Also, them trying to show us Dwight has yearnings to rise against Negan or betray him reads extremely forced to me. Even by the end of it, if uh, even by the end of it, he did no. 
can't I can't parse that sentence. Sorry. Uh, he was not a fan. In short, <laughs> I wanted to include some yeah no I opposing I'm, opinions because a lot of people did like this episode. I'm I'm with you. I'm I'm with you. I think uh, I don't know about it being forced so much as just again curiously plotting pace, but warp speed. I mean, I guess this is the way Dwight's always felt, but I felt like from a storytelling standpoint, it'd be better for us as the viewer to progressively have that dawn upon us rather than just right. being literally shoved down our throat. Like a dog food sandwich. Like a dog, like a shit sandwich. Ashley wrote in with a few paragraphs essentially saying a lot of the main characters in The Walking Dead have, or characters, actors in The Walking Dead have expressed uh that they are thinking of the exit strategy, specifically Andrew Lincoln. Uh, Chandler Riggs has stated he wants to go to college, and I think whoa, whoa, he, whoa. he got accepted to a college very recently. Really? And I guess... Um, That's a problem. Yeah, and, and <laughs> Denai <laughs> Guerrera has also said she's pro- she would probably want to go too. Chandler Riggs has also said he wouldn't want to be on the show if Andrew Lincoln wasn't there. So Jesus Christ, and, this is a big <laughs> problem for the end game, of, as I understand it, for The Walking Dead. Right, so Ashley says, I haven't really seen any of the other actors address this, so I'm not sure what their long-term plans look like. But without Rick, Carl, and Michonne, what does this show turn into? I know people love Daryl, Carol, and even Negan, but can they carry The Walking Dead? And is Norman Reedus is going to do this forever? I mean, I don't know. He's got other things, other irons in the fire. I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like, I guess I've been putting this out of the, my head, but, but that's kind of frightening. Yeah, I saw on Twitter a lot of people Be- were talking about because Chandler I, Riggs getting accepted to a college. Uh, I mean, there's nothing precluding the fact that you can do both. You can. It's you know, hard, especially if you're a million a kid that's 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 you know got millions in the bank right now. Right. Uh, I think or you, you could, could go the Claire Danes route and just. Yeah, Cut just, out your just, acting career while you're going to college. Or Natalie Portman did the same thing, didn't she? Right, I think so, yeah. Uh, so, I mean, but the problem with that is uh, I've often said that so long as the, the the thing that keeps me coming back to The Walking Dead is the relationship between Rick and his son, Carl. Mm-hmm. And if that went away, uh, and the fact that like I think Andrew Lincoln is, does the most consistent human work on this show, boy, that would be a rough sale for, for this person. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know. I wouldn't I'm even. With you, but, but I see, like, I feel like when I look at the other Fear the Walking Dead main cast, and some of those guys have done good work and interesting work and other things, but yeah, boy, it's just such a downgrade and across the board of writing and acting and everything. And I, I guess my my fear would be the AMC would literally just go into cash cow mode and and milk that thing until it's got no milk left in its bony body. Just bring in Paul Giamatti to replace Carl. <laughs> Just cast him as the new Carl. Flash forward. Get him an eye patch. 40 years. Maybe take, take a couple. Of, maybe take an arm off. Maybe take two. <laughs> <laughs> an armless Paul Giamatti. Yep. Just flapping his keep stubs the cowboy in the hat. Got to keep right. the cowboy hat. How, so he has to have someone help him put the cowboy hat on? No, he's got an he, 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 he got flips a it up with his feet. Oh. Yep. He's had time to work on he's that. He's got really good toe skill. Yeah, flash forward 40 years, Paul mm-hmm. Giamatti as Carl with mm-hmm. no arms, and I think yep. you got yourself a hit. Yep, he's he's wielding the python with his feet. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on to Brian from Maryland. Uh, I wanted to write in with my two cents on the episode. I'm really confused on how long Daryl was in his cell. I would think it would have to be weeks, if not months, to get Daryl in his current stage, and for Negan, or current state, 
And for Negan to even think he could be brainwashed enough to be trusted to let be let out of the cell. He's even calling it it's the slow method. So, like, I feel like we're definitely talking about weeks rather than days. But, right. again, we don't really know. He says um, kind of a lot like we were talking about earlier. I think this would have worked much better as a 10 to 15 minute check-in over the course of the half season. Uh, keep the plots more in sync. Again, the walking dead is terrible on pacing next week. We are going to join Rick and company the very day it happened, which should be weeks in the past from the last two episodes. Of course, both Carol and Daryl plot lines could have taken two days with this show. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually like the episode. I just think the pacing is way off. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you. Josh F. says, I don't think that Negan has threatened Daryl or implied that he's going to go to Alexandria and kill his other friends if he doesn't submit. It's the opposite. Daryl is a prisoner, in part as a chip, to threaten Rick and company with. Plus, Negan sees the value in a guy like Daryl, and uh, he's a trophy if he can break him. I, I I really don't agree with that. I think it works both ways. I think... That's one of those points that sounds pretty good and like, okay, but then you're but right. The it doesn't truth have of the matter to be is, all one way or the other. Right, right. It is a two-way street there. Yeah. Um, he's kind of got him between a rock and a hard place. Right. There's nothing they can do. Um, and Daryl doesn't seem to acknowledge that and is defiant of that idea, and he needs to pay for it. Foolishly defiant. Yeah. All right, so that is all the feedback. Um, I don't know if you had anything for spoiler section, but I think I'm going to save those emails for maybe a future episode. Yeah, I was pretty. I, I had some light energy, mostly complaining about uh, them pacing the Dwight stuff. So okay. probably yeah, let's, let's skip the uh, spoilers for this week. All right. How can people contact us with more feedback? Uh, watching dead at baldmove.com, forums.baldmove.com, and also don't forget to check out save.baldmove.com if if that's the kind of thing you'd be involved interested in being involved in saving bald move. Okay, <laughs> we certainly are personally invested in the concept. <laughs> Hope yeah. you are too. Save.baldmove.com. All right, and we will see you guys next week. Uh, until then, I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. Bye.